Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. Good morning. Take a seat. It's great to be here this morning. Can we give the band a hand? Where's young Zach? Is he still Zach? Is he, he's gone. He just gets off the drums and goes out to kids' church. Okay. I was looking forward to being here this morning. Uh, like Christian and Melissa said, we've been friends for uh, 19 years. Yeah, you guys can sit down if you like. No, that's the, the music was awesome, and then now I feel bad because he said some of the best worship. But I thought this morning was the best worship. Come on, good please. Good job. Yeah, so Zach was uh, super excited. Tim, Tim, you get to come to church and hear me drum today. I was like, oh, thanks, Zach. I love it. He finished the drum and just gets off. He walks off stage. He's out at the kids' church now. So we yeah, love these guys, love their family, Ella and Noah. Uh, here's my son right here. Just come on, kids, stand up. Just oh, enjoy. Yeah. Love you, stand up. And my wife, stand up. Come on, yeah, turn around. Say very good. So yeah, we've been friends with these guys for 19 years. I've been a Christian for about uh, 23 years coming up now. And uh, my, I didn't always go to church, uh, probably around about uh, 15, 16. I think I stopped going to church. My parents were Christians. Uh, we did go to church, but around that age, I stopped. And what that led down sort of got involved in some bad things, made some bad decisions uh, over those earlier years of my life, involved drugs and stuff like that. Uh, we met at 16. And we'd moved out of home at uh, 18, and then we, well, I had this radical moment, pretty down, pretty depressed, and I had a bit of a radical moment of basically accepting Jesus Christ into my heart at the age of 20, realized a whole bunch of things we were doing, the way that we were living life was not good, it was not right, and then as a result of living that way, uh, it was leading to some bad things happening, especially in regard to our relationship at that point in time. Uh, So... I remember ringing Cindy at work on this particular day, ringing her at work and just saying to her, this is not good, we've got to change, we've got to, God is real and we've got to start going to church. And she had never ever been to church really in her whole life, she was not raised a Christian, she was at work, on, and this is back in the day before mobile phones, this is like the work phone, I had to speak to the manager, can you please go get Cindy off the till and I need to talk to her, and I was crying at home going, God's real and we've got to start going to church, and she was like, Okay, calm down. Have you been smoking too much stuff? Chill out. I'll be home in a minute and we can talk about this. And I'm like, no, I don't need to talk about it. The way we've been living hasn't been right. We've got to start living. We were living together. We were not married. I said, we've got to get married. We're going to do that next week. We've got to get sun on the thing. And wish. I want to start living the way that we were meant to be living according to what the Word. I kind of knew the Word of God, but I wasn't living according to the Word of God. And so... That was our, I think that first Sunday we walked into church. My mum and dad were the pastors. And there was like a small, smaller than this. It was like, you know, maybe 20 people there. And at the end of the service, dad was like, is there anyone here that wants to ask Jesus into their heart? And dad's kind of looking at me like, anyone? Anyone at all? Just now. Okay, dad, like, me, I do. And I walked up the front and I asked Jesus into my heart. And from, from that day, we've loved, we've loved the church. We've loved the house of God, and uh, we've only ever wanted to make the church better. Not saying that it's bad. We just we just felt, how can we make this place as cool and as relevant as what I believe it is, provided we don't get stuck back in the past and tradition, but how do we keep this awesome 
message, the message of the gospel. How do we keep it relevant? How do we keep it fun? Because, I mean, the message of the gospel, the Bible is the way to do life. The Bible has changed our life. Uh, we got married at 20. We've had two beautiful kids. We run a church. We're living in Adelaide. Life has been good. And we made a decision on that day. Whatever the Bible says is what we'll do. And so that became the, you know, when we're having an argument about something, we'd go, okay, what does the Bible say? And that's what we'll do. There's this great scripture that says, do not let the sun go down on your anger. So husbands and wives, when you're having a little fight and then you're like, I'm just going to go to bed and ignore them now and give them the silent treatment for the next two days until they just say sorry to me. Like, and it was like, we're not going to let the sun go down on our anger. So we're going to, we're going to talk this through. Uh, when it came to giving, Cindy not being raised in the church, she's like, why do we have to give? I don't want to give. You know, I've got my own bills. I've got my own problems. I'm not giving to the church. And we were like, all right, what does the Bible say? Let's, let's do that. And so the Bible became this great, I guess, source of this is the way we're going to do life. And that's, uh, that's really helped us. So today I'm talking about the way. And uh, it's, a, it's a simple message from a pastor to a church. You're the church. I'm the <laughs> and uh, obviously we run a church back in Adelaide and just going through life recently I feel like as a pastor one of the things Jesus said to his disciples or when he prayed a prayer at coming towards the end of his earthly life he prayed a prayer to God and he said God I've kept those that you've given me and to me that's amazing that Jesus prayed this prayer I've kept those that you gave me and I think our job as pastors is to keep those, not saying that you're ours, but to try and keep you in the word and to keep you in the faith. If that's one thing I could do as a pastor, speaking to a church today of believers, is to say, I'd love to think that over your lifetime you would stay in the word and you would stay in faith, no matter what happens in life, no matter what happens to you personally, no matter what happens in the world, that you would stay in the word and you would stay in faith. And so I want to read the scripture out to John chapter 14, verse 4. It says, uh, you know the way to the place where I am going. This is, this is awesome. This is Jesus speaking to the disciples. He's saying, oh, I'm about to have to go, guys. But uh, he says to them, you know, you know the way to the place where I am going. Now it says, Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going. So how can we? Know the way. Now, this is awesome because Thomas is talking about a practical place. Jesus is referencing, basically, I'm going to be going to heaven. And Thomas is thinking of a, of a location on earth, possibly. So Thomas is concerned, saying, well, we want to come where you're going, but how can we get to where you're going if we don't know the way? So Jesus responds, a very famous passage of scripture. Jesus answered, I am the way. <laughs> I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. How amazing is that? I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus talking to his disciples. They're thinking of a location, a particular spot, yeah. and he's saying to them, no, no, guys, I'm the way. And they're going, well, you don't look like a roadmap to us. Yeah. The, the, the crazy thing that the disciples had got to see over the three years they got to spend time with Jesus, they got to see a way that Jesus did life. So I think greater than the miracles, greater than the supernatural moments where, you know, Peter gets out of the boat and walks on water or they saw Jesus heal a blind guy or someone get right. More amazing than all these like one-off big powerful moments is they got to see 
the way, the daily way that Jesus did life. Yeah. And so what he actually was trying to communicate to the disciples, I know, guys, what seems more exciting is the big moments, like a big wow moment. Someone got healed. Someone got raised from the dead. Like, wow, like these were crazy moments. Like 5,000 people got fed from just a couple of yeah. loaves of bread. Like, wow, what a moment. And the guys were so, Jesus, you're amazing. And But then he says to them, but more amazing than that, guys, is just the way that I did life daily. Yeah. That's more amazing. And so they're going, but how, we want to go to where you're going. But how can we unless we know the way? And then he responds with this crazy thought. Because imagine sitting there and he's like, I am the way. And they're like, oh, what do you mean? Like, how? How does that work? And go, just I'm the way. What do you mean you're the way? Because the Bible says he was the word that became flesh. He's the word that became, he, was, he was literally the word of God in the earth. And he's saying, I'm the way. The way that I did life. It says daily that he withdrew to pray. On the Sabbath day, he was in the synagogue at church. He showed them a way to do life. Yes. And he says, he says basically, if you do this way of life, it's going gonna, it's gonna to work. I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes above except for me. Has anyone ever seen the, um, the Mandalorian? Praise God, I got one. Is there a, up the back here? We've got some Mandalorian. I see that. Has anyone seen the Mandalorian? Yes. There are some cool people in this church. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, the Mandalorian. You don't have to watch it. It's all right. But it's a it's a it's a Star Wars show about this guy who's like this man. They call him Mando, and he's got this. You never see his face, and he is a bounty hunter. And uh, he goes off into the Star Wars galaxy, and they get bad people, and he like you know kind of gets them and brings them back in to get the bounty paid. But the Mandalorian lived by this special code, and, and, and what they've got, this special code, is like you don't get emotionally involved with the person, the bounty that you're going to. You know, like there is a, there's a way of doing things. And so the Mandalorian have the same that they say to each other, this is the way. <coughs> and so whenever it comes up to like a contentious point, the Mandalorians look at each other and go, this is the way. And they say it back to each other, this is the way, this is the way. So I'll start to you go, this is the way. This is the way. This is brainwashing. Well, let's do it again. This is the way. This is the way. As soon as they would say that to each other, there was no longer a question. There was no longer, like, we're not talking about this anymore. This is the way. It's like, my mind's made up, but this, this is the way. And, that's, and like, so God has got this, this book, the Bible, and he's like, this is the way. And so we don't have to wonder or quit. He's like, this is the way. And, and with, his, with his followers, us, he, Jesus trying to say, like, this is the way. And we've got to be, this is the way. <laughs> but, but in life, we're like, yeah, but is it? Like, I mean, there's a lot of other ways. Like, are you so, you, you're just going to have this one way? Because there seems like there's a lot of options out there. And then the Mandalorian, like, no, this is the way. And Jesus trying to say to his disciples, like, this is the way. And they're like, I know, but there seems like there's a lot of ways. And he goes, no, no, there's only one way. That's very good. It was a, it was a, this is a very big problem for people. That scripture, I am the only way to the Father. Yeah. That is a big problem. A lot of people go, there's a lot of ways to God. You know, there's a lot of religions, a lot of different things. And he goes, no, I'm the only way. Oh, you can't be so, you know, no, 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 that can't be right. He's like, this is the way. As, as followers, we've got to be, this is the way. Yeah. You just, you've got to be like, this is the way. The Bible is the most amazing book. I'm throwing a few different ideas at you today, but the Bible is the most amazing book. Like the, 
the opening statement in the Bible, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the, in the Hebrew alphabet, I think it's 22 letters, each letter has a numerical value. And so when they wrote that, or Moses wrote that original statement, each letter in the Hebrew has this numerical, and there is this numerical brilliance to the Bible, which just like blows your mind that numbers reflect numbers. And like there was this, it's like, it's just, I was going to try and explain it to you, but I'm not that smart. So I just thought we'd play a video instead, just because this is like one of the most amazing things. And this is just the opening statement of the Bible in regard to a hidden numerical code that's like right through the whole book. And that's why God is so confident when he says, this is the way. He's not apologizing. He's like, I'm off. trust that like these numbers even add, create shapes. And in the, it's like, it's just, I'm just excited thinking about watching this. <laughs> yeah, can I just apologize in advance? But this video is a little amateur. And for all you modern TikTokers and Instagram videos and YouTubers, billion followers on, you know, like it's not that kind of video, but it's interesting. So it does go for four minutes, but just try and stay focused for a second. Just, just this is so. This, this is the Hebrew uh, words of "In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth." The total value of all the letters in all these words is two thousand seven hundred and one, and that breaks down to thirty-seven times seventy-three. Thirty-seven is a prime number, and seventy-three is a prime number. Do you see how the numbers reflect each other? That seems to be by design, doesn't it? Note how it matches in with the middle five of the seven words. Three and three letters. Seven and seven letters. Seven and seven letters. Three and three letters. That's clever. 37 is the 12th prime number, and 73 is the 21st prime number. Note how these two numbers reflect each other. One, two, two, one. Let us make a number by combining the figures of 37 and 73. Three, seven, seven, three. That breaks down to seven times seven times 77. I don't think that any of this is by accident. Now let us work out the value of word 1 and word 3, Bereshit and Elohim. 913 plus 86 equals 999. That's an interesting number. Break it into its prime numbers and it comes to 37 times 3 times 3 times 3. 37 is prominent again. Words 2, 4 and 5, Bara, Et and Hashemayim. 203 plus 401 plus 395 adds up to 999. Again, divisible by 37. What about the three leading words in the sentence, the words for God, the heavens, and the earth? Elohim, Hashemayim, and Haaretz. The third, the fifth, and the seventh word. Add the value of these three words, it comes to 777. 37 times 7 times 3. 3773. And words 3, 5, and 6, Elohim, Hashemayim, and Fe'ex. 
86 plus 395 plus 407, 888, which is divisible by 37. One set of words adds up to 777, another set adds up to 888, and two different sets add up to 999. What genius created a meaningful, significant sentence, a theological truth like this, and designed it with such amazing numeric features? Now, to end this session, let me show you two more things, and we're done. The Hebrew for forever is Ad Olam. The numeric value of Ad is 74, which is 37 times 2. And the numeric value of Olam is 146, which is 2 times 73. Interesting to see the reflective image again. God wants us to think about forever. And lastly, in session four of this series, the letters of the Hebrew alphabet, I made the point that there are 22 letters in the alphabet with five final forms. The first letter of the alphabet is Aleph, the middle letter is Mem, and the last letter is Tav, and that spells Emet. And the numeric value of Emet is 441, which breaks down to 3 times 7 times 7 times 3. 3, 7, 7, 3. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Truth in Hebrew is emet. It all points to Jesus. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father but by Him. It's like, it doesn't make you want to go deeper into the word. You all obviously already knew that. We learned that in week one. But it is amazing. It makes you go, like, wow, that's the word of God. This unbelievable, by design, you are the reflected image of God in the earth reflecting Christ in the earth. You're God's image in the earth, like a reflection on the earth, walking around like him. And he's got this way that he's hoping, you know, I want you to do life. And so what that means is as we go through life, we're going to be forced to respond uh, to certain issues or we're going, to have, we're going to be forced to respond to the way the world is doing life. And we've got to know, if, if, are we going to react to the way the world is doing life? Like how are we going to react to that? We've got to do it the way God wants us to do it. So let me give you a, just like an, an example, and I don't want to be too controversial on anything or, you know, make any crazy statements, but I was watching this talkback show recently, and it was, it was a thing that I didn't know existed. It was um, surrogate, surrogate uh, mothers or pregnancy. Uh, basically, it was uh, same-sex couples from Australia could uh, get a baby from India by sending whatever over to India. The mother in India would carry the child. And then once they'd given birth to the child, and they would pay the mother in India to carry this child, and then they would send the baby back to Australia to the, to the same-sex couple uh, because the same-sex couple wanted to have a baby. And so I thought to myself uh, at the time, I was, I was sitting there watching this as a, as a Christian, thinking, okay, Tim, don't be 
judgmental, because, uh, you know, as Christians, we're awesome at ju judging everyone. So I thought, just, let's not be that way. Like, don't view this through a Christian perspective, but just be open-minded, because we're often asked to be open-minded about things, or when you get told, oh, you're so closed-minded on things. Like, there is, it's not just your way, Tim, you know. So I was like, okay, I'm going to sit here, I'm going to watch this talk back. And it was a Q&A. So everyone got to have their say on on what the, on what you know they felt was the right thing, and uh, and so obviously the, the idea or the concept of paying someone money to carry a child and then they would give that child to someone in another country, and obviously it was a third world country uh, that they would then send to a Western country. I just thought, on principle, I thought that's a you know it's a pretty full on thing that they're wanting to do. But the open mindedness of it, I was in one way, I was like you know. I got two kids, and I know that when we had my firstborn, Jai, it was the most amazing day of my life having a child. And so that was like phenomenal. And I just thought, like, what a great thing to be able to have a child. And so, like, I was kind of watching this, and there's obviously a same sex couple that couldn't naturally make one of their own, and they were wanting to have a child. And I was kind of thinking, well, who am I to say that they don't get to experience what I've got to experience in life? And the argument really was based on what their rights were. Like they felt they had rights to know what it's like to have a child in the earth. And I was, and I was kind of sitting there with a non-Christian view going, well, okay, it seems like a, it's a fair argument they're making. Like, yeah, it is awesome having kids. And who am I to stop someone from their right to have a child? Like, and I was kind of, and you don't want to get in the way of someone's rights because it's their rights. And if they're right, and that means you're wrong. So, <laughs> so I was kind of looking at it that way. And, like, if you're going to stand and it's all about my rights and I've got rights and help you to stop my rights. And that, like, that was the, and in the end, I was like listening to this argument and I was like very careful because it's all about the wording because certain wording, if they use the word rights or, you know, you're homophobic or what, like, there's all sorts of things, the words they use, like, you're discriminating. And so you, you hear these, like, trigger words and you, and you go, I don't want to be that. I don't want to be, I don't want to discriminate and I don't want to stop someone from having their rights. And like, so I was kind of going, you know, these guys have got a fair point. Like having kids is awesome. And if that's completes their family unit, I was thinking, well, good on them. You know, like, and I was just, you know, I don't know if that's the right way to think or whatever. But, and then, uh, and then the, the guys like, you know, Q&A moments. So he goes, has anyone else got something to say? And, and there was a guy in the audience and this guy in the audience goes, yeah, can I, I'd like to say something. And he's, uh, he goes, look, he goes, I, I, like, I'm all good with this. He goes, I've got, I've been raised by two mums, and uh, he said, I love both my mums, and he said, I am actually a surrogate child. This is this is how I came into the earth, was through this, what you're all talking about here today. And he said, just so you all know, he said, I've, I've had to spend hundreds of hours in counselling trying to figure out why my dad gave me up and why my biological mum gave me up, and he said, and I'm not saying anything, like, because I've got two beautiful people that have raised me, but he said, in, in principle, this, this concept is just, he said, the hours I've had to spend to, to, to try and figure this out in my own head. And like when I heard him, I just I, I nearly started crying. And the, and the same-sex couple on the stage, like they went all quiet and everyone, the whole crowd went quiet. And, and then the conversation just started up again. Anyway, it's our right. And I just completely, and then, and then the, it was all about legislation and the government. And, you know, and this is just one of the, one of the examples, but uh, and then this guy on the panel, he goes, "Look, I, I think I'd like to say something." And he said, "I'm a," he said, "I'm an atheist," and he said, "I don't, uh, I don't agree with the Bible or the Word of God or Christians. I don't like, I don't, don't even believe in God." He says, so "I'm." That's not. He said, but "He said my concern as an atheist." He said, "This." He said, "Essentially, this book is what we've based our culture on, and it's created our rules and our laws, and and it's kind of served humanity for about five thousand years." This is what Australia has 
look, you know, the principles that we've come up with our rules and laws in this nation, is that as an atheist, he said, my concern is the rate that we are moving away from these rules or these laws. He said, we are moving away from the way at an incredible rate. I mean, we're moving away from it fast. And he said, basically, what, what's happening is it's like you imagine like a, a, a bit of fabric or a, a blanket, and what we're doing as a, as a society, as a culture, we are starting to pull threads out of the blanket. And we're saying, if I pull this thread out, yeah. I'll take it out and just see what the blanket seems to survive. Mm. Why don't we just take this one out and just see what happens? Because there must be other ways. And so we're just, as a culture, we're just like, just ever so slightly, we're just, you know, we'll take the Bible, we'll take chaplains out of schools, we'll do all, just decisions are getting made, right? And, and different ideas are, and I don't know if we're meant to talk about it here or not, or what, what the go is, I'm not asking you to form an opinion on any of those things. What I'm saying is, though, there is a way that God said, this is how to do life. And as believers, we've got to be pretty sure that this is the way. Because when we start to falter on the way and we go, maybe we could change the way or we could add to the way or we could manufacture the way or we could just write some other words or we could just delete some things out of our Bible or we get some white out and just wipe some things out and go, that shouldn't be in there anymore. I think we're starting to like change the way. And God's like, don't, don't change the way. <laughs> it's a way I wrote it. That's numerically perfect it's perfect in every possible way yes. and if you follow this way it's gonna it's gonna work out for you mm. and so i'm not saying we would have to go and start a fight with anyone i'm not saying let's go start fights with everyone in life <laughs> but we've just got to know what that way is and have it deep in our hearts i got i got prophesied over as a 20 year old my i think first time ever receiving a word in church and, the, and this older guy laid his hands on me and he said you will be a teacher of the word and I don't think I've ever read the Bible. <laughs> but I remember that, I've never, his name was John Steele, he was a pastor in New Zealand, and he laid hands on me, he says, you will be a teacher of the word. <clears throat> and I remember going home that night thinking, well, if I'm going to teach the word, I better read it. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, I won't be a very good teacher of the word. If you're going to be a believer in the earth today, you better know your word. Come on. You better know decisions that I make in regard to how I live my life. I've got to make them based on what does the word say. Otherwise, you're going to, the Bible says you will be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Because why? Because I don't know the word. The word is the rock. The word is the double-edged sword. The word is like it's a lamp unto our feet. It's a light unto our path. The word, the Bible says, the word breaks like a hammer. It was the word of God that became flesh and dwelt among us. God says, this is the word. This is the way. There's no way apart from this way. Except that that's the way. And go, I've got to know the way. I've got to trust in the way. I'm going to put my faith in the way, my confidence in the way, and I'm not going to get distracted and get, like, you know, maybe this way or maybe that way. I'm confident that's the Very way. Good. Yeah. Very good. This is my message to the, to the church as a pastor because I see, like, even people in my church now getting kind of led out different paths and different ideas and posting things to their Instagram and their Facebook, and I'm thinking, that's not a Bible-based thing you're posting. That's not a Bible-based opinion. And it's not that I go and attack them for I'm thinking, but did you even know what the Bible says about that issue? I just think we've got a responsibility. What, is, what does the Word say? God says he, he watches over the whole earth ready to perform his Word. 
when there's an individual that knows the word and we start speaking the word, yeah. God's ready to perform that word. Yes. I'm going to get the band back around if I could. Zach, has he come? No. <laughs> Zach, he does what he wants, that kid. I don't know if he knows the way yet, but maybe we'll have to teach him the way. Thank you, Lord. Oh, that's so good. Thank you, Jesus. Maybe we should all just stand on our feet. I think one of the greatest things uh, we can do is just yeah, remind ourselves of the word, prophesy the word over our life, over our future. You know what? Discouragement sets in when we lose sight of the word. We can get discouraged and think, oh, maybe it's too hard. But sometimes it's just great to take a moment and start to speak over our life, speak over the life of this church. The Word of God. What does the Word say? The Word says, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. The Word says, while you were still in your mother's womb, God knew you. He formed you, designed you, created you. Thank you, Lord. There is such confidence and hope in the Word of God. I love the story of Joshua back in the, was it the book of Exodus? And there's this cool little moment where Joshua, after 40 years of watching a whole generation of people die, Joshua is about to go and take Jericho and go into that promised land because that was what the Word of God said they were going to do. And uh, it says that this angel shows up and this angel's got his sword drawn. And Joshua didn't recognize that it was an angel. And so basically Joshua's seen this man coming toward him with a sword drawn. And Joshua's in, he's in fight mode, he's in battle mode. So he's like, who is this guy? Someone opposing us already? And so Joshua walks straight up to this guy and he says, like, who are you? Are you, are you for us? Are you against us? Joshua's ready to take him out. And this angel with the sword drawn says, neither. But he says, I am the commander of the armies of the living God. He says to Joshua, the place you stand is holy ground. Take off your, take off your shoes. So Joshua takes his shoes off and starts to worship. But this little thought, I, I am the commander of the armies of the living God. He showed up because Joshua still believed the word of God. The word of God after 40 years to Joshua was, you will take the promised land. Joshua was part of 12 people that got sent into, into the promised land to get like a report. And the Bible says that 10 came back with a negative report. 10 got influenced by the world and said, we can't do it. It's too hard. The world aren't doing this anymore. The world are going this way. It's never going to work. But the Bible says that Joshua and Caleb believed the word and they said, we are well able to take the land. And then God said about Joshua and Caleb, these two have got a different spirit about them. These two, because they believe the word, they will, they will do what they said they're going to do. And then for 40 years, they sat by and they watched a whole generation of people that didn't believe the word pass away. That must have been discouraging watching some of your friends and some of your family and people that you look to pass away. Think, is this really going to happen? And at that point, Joshua's going, I think now's the day. And there's this angel with his sword out and he's the commander of the armies of the living God. It's got to be a pretty cool thing to see the commander of the armies of God yeah. rocking in, acting on your behalf. I'm here for you, Joshua, because you still believe the word. 
And you're about to step out. And guess what? When you believe the word, God goes with you. When you start prophesying the word, God goes with you. When you start speaking to the word, it has creative power. You are created in the image of God. So when you speak just like God spoke, you can speak the word and things start to happen. All you've got to do is start speaking the word. Don't speak what the world is saying. Oh, there's a lot going around. Oh, the road of is going to get you. There's a lot of flu in the air. It's going to get you. Watch out. Don't speak that stuff. Speak the word of God. You are more than a conqueror in Christ. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. No weapon formed against you is going to prosper in Jesus' name. The same spirit that raised God from the dead is alive in you today. It can get Lazarus to come out of a grave. He can speak the word into a grave and something can happen. All you got to do is speak the word of God. And maybe you die speaking the word. You did what you were meant to do. You just kept speaking the word. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give up on that way. I was down the beach recently, and I was, I was walking down on the beach, just praying. Because what we do every morning, we get up, we go around a little prayer walk together. And we're walking down. There was a rock there, and I just felt like God say, "See that rock, Tim?" I was like, "Yeah." He goes, "I put that there." I thought, "Wow." <laughs> that was this big, like rock cliff. And I was thinking, how did that get there? And God's like, "I did that." See that one over there? That was me too. And see that ocean there? Yeah, I did that as well. What have you ever done? Oh, not, nothing like that. <laughs> you know, the Bible says that the, the earth was like void and darkness covered the face of the deep and that the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the deep and the, that, that means with this anticipation. The Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the deep with anticipation, knowing that God was about to speak. God was about to speak a word, and the Spirit of God was hovering, ready, thinking whenever God speaks, I'm going to jump into action. And God spoke a word, rock, you be there, ocean, you be there, sun, you be there, stars, you be there, birds, you be there, fish, you be there, people, you be there. Just like that, God speaks the word and he goes, people, I've given you my word. It's the best I can do is give you my word. I can't do much else. I've got the word on the earth. He became flesh. I've given you my word. Just start speaking the word and trust that the word of God is the way. And there is no way to the Father except through that. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said. Just pray for you right now. I'm going to pray the word of God over you. It's a safe bet. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Just close your eyes. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your word. We thank you, God, for your way. When there is no other way that you are the way, Lord. We thank you, God, you are a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. God, if we have been distracted by life, distracted by hardships, discouraged, Lord, whatever the circumstance may be, we repent, we say sorry, and today, God, we come back to your word. We come back to you, Lord. We're going to trust in you with all our hearts. We're not going to lean on our own understanding, but with all our hearts, with all our mind, with all our might, we will acknowledge you, Lord, in Jesus' name. So, Father, I pray that you bless every person here under the sound of my voice, God. Let your spirit be poured out upon them. Let faith rise in their heart. And, God, put your word on their mouth and on their tongue, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody said, Amen. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. For more life changing messages, visit us online at c3noosa.org. 
If you've been blessed by this message, please consider partnering with us financially to see the work of God continue flourishing in and through C3 Church Noosa. God bless.